0: I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the With End Podcast.
1: Hey. Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? baked. Let's get baked. So welcome everybody to the At One podcast. I'm Megs, And
0: I'm Kim and this week is super exciting because we're gonna be joined today by our first ever guest. But before we get into that, how's your week been?
1: Okay, so (laughs) I have a few like grinds my gears that we're just gonna toss into into this because I'm in a mood today. I don't I don't know what is necessarily driving that but my first okay, something's in the air this week yeah i feel like everybody's spring. in a mood it's Spring. spring when i'm in the sun i'm like a great time and then as soon as i step inside i, I become like an, a rain cloud and i just stomp around oh my god I don't that know. really <laughs> resonates okay so you know what really grinds my gears kim what tell me okay you know what on like facebook your second ad is trying to kill you or like if you oh, win a yeah, million those... dollars but you have to make sure that you show up late Tag the person who you can count on being late. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is the point of these? This is so. (laughs) I don't know if I'm just personally offended because nobody ever tags me in it or I just (laughs) be. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the real root of all of this is that you're not
1: getting tagged to the memes. But, like, they're just so dumb. There's no, yeah. there's no, oh, uh, tag your most successful friend who's going to get you to the places you want to go at me.
0: I feel like there was really a time and a place for those memes. And it was, yeah, it was like, 2014 when you were in the same lecture hall in university as the person you were tagging. So you could, like, smile at them as you tagged person Yeah, yeah, tagged. that creepy he smile across McDonald's. the, yeah,
1: yeah, something Yeah. Some and you're
0: like haha,
1: <laughs> silly silly shit like that or like right in lo- along those chain letters of the of the early 2000s you know with the cap it really is the chain mail of the 2010s is taking people in those memes
0: it's the equivalent of that okay. forward this message to seven people or you will have 25 years of bad
1: luck <laughs> and i'm like oh, i'm still out here but maybe that explains a lot of things that are happening to me right now <laughs> <laughs> back in 2004 i should have made better choices on which emails i forwarded in which I did it. so that's you know and I'm so sorry if anybody is like hey I did that recently is is she talking about me no I'm talking about everybody no and, like, we're
0: talking about you it's fun
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just not on Facebook that it bothers me like, on Instagram like tagging people or like sending videos is different but just on Facebook like I'm just like what a waste of post space and I think it's just
0: because truly I feel checking Facebook notifications nowadays is actual labor like bore. it's it's boring and it's work and I'm like oh it's I have a notification like i have to clear this <laughs> to like get rid of it i don't want you tagging me in
1: things i'm gonna tag you in something tomorrow <laughs>
0: great yeah i've really just opened the floodgates now for people to start tagging me yeah. in things. that was you, probably a mistake for it but please don't yeah. do it
1: okay everybody and my <laughs> second my second story is i was just talking to my mom about how i thought fo- i think just a note on on social ability in the sense of like dealing with people's crap is gonna be pretty bad right now. As we start slowly integrating back into society. I don't think I'm ready for the bullshit of people. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) So we've been I'm like Uber pregnant right now. I'm 37 weeks, but I might as well be forty five because I'm just I'm I'm pretty much over it. And so we try to go on lots (laughs) of walks just to keep the mood going, you know, just to keep myself in the sun there. And we went on a walk on this like beautiful in waterloo there's the grand river runs through a lot of the city the tri-cities and so there's lots of beautiful trails so we're walking on one of these trails our dog bandit is decked out in his rain gear so just his paws get dirty you know and he's on a leash but he's dying to run free and just eat goose shit okay but he can't because we're in a park and so we're coming up and then there's this lady and her little dog who's wearing his sweater has the constellations on it which is cute as shit but there's no leash and this dog is like running up to us and like granted you know he's the size of a shoebox so like i'm not that scared i'm just like looking at her and i'm like is there gonna be any point where like you (laughs) leash this dog or yeah you know like obviously we have a dog so we're okay with dogs you're in a public place like it is required like i get that whole like just leash your dog so then the dog comes up and she's like oh don't worry like he's just gonna sniff and leave and I'm like, huh, okay.
0: But she also doesn't know what your dog could be like. Exactly. Like, like it's also
1: for the safety of her dog, too, that he, yeah, it should be right? leashed. Exactly, right? So he, they're sniffing, and they're the same size, the two dogs, right? So I just make, like, a nice, like, I'm like, you're just being negative because you're really pregnant, and you haven't seen people, specifically Waterloo, Waterlooians? What would you call it? Waterloos? Yeah, waterloo I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: Waterloo's. Like,
1: something from a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, like, <laughs> the Waterloo's. Yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> of waterloo right i was like oh like they're size compatible because they're the same size and she's like oh no my dog only likes to play with big dogs and i'm like what the shit is that comment like okay (laughs) okay (laughs) so sorry my dog is not adequate size enough and then she's like he'll just come along right and so she keeps walking past us and i'm doing the whole monica and ross the hitting of the of the hands you know yeah yeah gesture yeah tap tap 100 okay, percent. everybody look that up yeah <laughs> yeah so I'm, we'll post I'm, a, we'll post a gif on our instagram yeah. <laughs> feed um, this is what i'm doing <laughs> is i'm smiling right then her dog's not coming and he's walking alongside our dog as we're leaving and then she's like i'm leaving without you and i'm just like cringing and angry what the heck right so anyways so then we i'm we picturing leave.
0: not I'm picturing that woman, like, going back to this Dr. Zeus analogy, you know, in The Grinch, the Martha May, like, the one that lives next door who, like, has the machine that puts the Christmas lights on her house. Like, that's how I'm envisioning this lady with her little dog (laughs) that she doesn't...
1: (laughs) (laughs) For anybody who lives in the city of Waterloo, I think you could use the Whoville reference to describe any of the neighbors because I do find that that kind of stereotypical person does exist in the city here so yeah that was just kind of you know a lot of boxes were checked you know I don't like this lady
0: <laughs> was oh like, my god yeah okay. it doesn't help that you're literally ready to like have <laughs> to get a baby a fight. oh yeah no, I was going. different
1: <laughs> I mean yeah both I was just ready to start beef over this <laughs> And I was like, I don't like dog people. And he's like, you are a dog person. I was like, no, I find with dog people, sometimes you have the person who has a farm animal and they are a working dog and they have a job and they do these things. And then you have people who like make out with their dog after a a long walk in the park. (laughs) So I love dogs. I love people who own dogs, but just some of them. Just like any group or any. It's type. just both. Feel like there's something, something in the air this week
0: that people are just. I don't know. Communication is that. Like maybe Mercury's in retrograde. I don't know what that means. Blame or, like, how it you Figure on that Mercury. out. But like I'm blaming it on Mercury in retrograde because that seems what it must be naturally. <laughs> so let's dive into this week's episode this week we're going to be joined by Courtney thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week Courtney thanks for having me
1: yeah we're really excited Courtney is my naturopath Uh, before that we worked together in the same lab and we had the same supervising professor for our master's so we share in the the misery of master's together (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I and mean, I can't wait to just like dive into everything about this
0: week's episode. Do you want to introduce yourself and maybe tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and some of the background about what a naturopath is? So my name's Courtney
2: Clayson Russell. I am a naturopathic doctor practicing in Guelph, Ontario. So I did my bachelors and masters at Wilfrid Laurier University and then I did four more years of schooling for naturopathic medicine. Naturopathic medicine is really study of root cause so we kind of look at a person's health and their health goals and we kind of look at how to attain that through or achieve a better health in general or achieve their health goals through the use of nutrition, lifestyle, botanical medicine, traditional Chinese medicine physical medicine so we use like natural modalities to help them feel better about certain aspects of their health yeah and
1: what I when I saw you last week one of the things that you said that I really liked you were saying that an MD or like medical doctors you know you go to see them when you're sick but as a naturopath you're keeping people healthy so that they don't have to do that right
2: exactly yeah so naturopathic doctors are really preventative medicine essentially so You know if you want to make sure that you're getting enough from your diet and you're taking the proper supplements just like feeling good in general that's when I feel like a naturopath is pretty good see them forever you see them once for your kind of initial consult Mm to give them like a full health history and then you see them when needed if you have like all of a sudden sleep issues or low energy or low mood like we can kind of work with each of those helpful. so now you did a,
1: a, a whole lot of schooling if you did your undergrad and then your master's and then more the naturopathic medicine like the actual schooling what why naturopathy what got you there
2: yeah so um i was doing my master's actually so obviously it's in, it was kind of a focus in botany so i really loved plants and i loved learning about plants and you know how they were used for pharmaceuticals and what their natural uses were and the more I kind of learned about them and started using them personally, I ended up seeking out naturopathic medicine for my hormones. I was on the birth control pill for, what, like 8 to 10 years, as most mm-hmm. women are. And then I just decided, like, I don't want to be on this anymore. And I stopped, and my period just went away completely. I had no period for four months, and I knew that wasn't normal because it doesn't feel normal, nor is it should it feel normal. So I went to my doctor, and she was kind of like, oh, you know, you're young. It will come back eventually. And oh, I didn't God. like that. I was oh. like, no answer. <laughs> so I seeked out. I found a naturopath in Guelph, you know, in Waterloo, because I was in Waterloo at the time, and she gave me herbs. Like she like made me this formulated tincture, and within a month, my cycle was back and normal. I was like, "What? That's amazing!" That's amazing. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's funny because I actually went to a, a naturopath last summer for the same same reason. I was looking to get off the the pill, and when I did it, it was my skin that got so bad. And I just cold turkey approach was not the right approach for me. <laughs> and I I had like
2: came running to a naturopath, being like, help me. <laughs> yeah, because you're on all these synthetic like you're on synthetic hormones, and then you stop it, and your body's like, wait, how am I supposed to run properly? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so then so. what you must have many cringy moments just because naturopathic medicine is something that i don't know i would even a couple years ago i'd be like oh like what a hippie way of being even though i work in plants and stuff but what makes you cringe in in the world that you're in right now
2: that's a good question so i think it, what i cringe at the most though that it's probably not like the hippie dippy version of naturopathic medicine which I mean, sure, there definitely are some hippie naturopaths, but to each their own. I think what makes me cringe is when a patient we're working together and I'm trying to work with their MD and their MD's like, oh, I'll send you to a real doctor. And they kind of like disregard me as just like, not real. And that, it makes me like annoyed and also cringe with anger, I think. That's so
0: funny, because I went to my, originally when I was looking for a naturopath, I went to my family doctor and and asked if he had any recommendations. And he gave me a very similar answer to that, where he was like, I'll send you to an actual doctor. And I was like, I'll find a different MD then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For you, yeah, definitely.
0: frustrating because I think it really is about both working in tandem together and I have seemed to, at least in my experience, I see a lot of openness on the naturopathy side of being supportive of MDs you know, more and- traditional medicine versus on the MD side they tend to be, be a little stots. bit more critical or like not even open to what a blended approach would look like more commonly and it, it can be really frustrating as a patient
2: Yeah, they act like hot dogs, like they're just not... <laughs> Yeah, I'll say that I love working with MDs together because I know there's such an importance to our field i think at the end of the day uh, the, the birth control pill or another medication is just a band-aid solution like we're really trying mm-hmm. to figure out Ooh. you know why are you feeling anxious like don't just give it a, a medication that's going to help with the anxiety yeah. um, Like why are you feeling anxious like let's use herbs and supplements first and then go pharmaceutical route if we need to that's awesome um, right so what's your biggest like
1: pull your hair out like what what drives you specifically maybe with like
2: patience more like what's a pull your hair out moment i've had really great patience so far so i, I should say that like i've only been in practice for a year and a half i took a little bit longer of school because i had a baby so my daughter is two and a half and then COVID hit while i was like finishing my board oh exam. so it took oh my me <laughs> yes yeah, so i've been yeah exactly I, i've been like just over a year practicing on my own I would say, like, hair pulling out moments is when patients want, like, a quick fix. They're like, okay, so um, I want my sleep to be, like, better. I want to lose 20 pounds. And, like, how long will this take? Because I have two weeks. Same. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not going to take two weeks. It shouldn't take super long. This, like, magic pill doesn't exist. Or, Or I guess the biggest thing would be they want it fixed without them doing anything. Like, you know, it takes it takes big changes in the diet and the lifestyle and what they're taking. If they don't comply, then they won't see
0: results. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I think, because so much of the wellness industry in general is so based on people wanting fast fixes for things. And what's the latest trend? And like, how can I do this with like you said, with minimal work in like the opposite direction of that? Is there something that you wish people knew more about or a wellness practice that you think is super important to people's lives that you wish, I guess, like a bigger portion of the population actually practiced? Yeah,
2: that's a good question. I wish people appreciated food more, you know, the the power of nutrition, because what you fuel your body with every single day, three to four times a day. If you're not eating foods that are nourishing and good for you, then even if you take a bunch of supplements, something's going to creep up at the end of the day. Right. That makes a lot of sense,
0: which is actually funny because last summer when I went to my naturopath originally, like I said, I went primarily for hormones and birth control and me making a plan to kind of come off of that. But I was also really curious about my food sensitivities. Uh, mostly out of curiosity I wasn't having you know any crazy reactions to anything in particular but I just felt uh, you know I wanted to know if there was something maybe that I was eating that maybe I didn't even know was affecting me in terms of like energy levels and things like that and so I had went to get my blood work done and I got this sensitivity back and the results that came <laughs> back I'm not even kidding everything under the sun was high sensitivity it was dairy it was all gluten containing grains most non-gluten containing grains except for like 10 tapioca and buckwheat, basil, cashews, potatoes, corn literally everything. And I remember looking at my results. And I knew at that point, like I had paid for the test, I had committed to at least doing the detox of the four to six weeks of cutting all these foods out. And I had to get so creative in the kitchen. And one of the biggest challenges that I had was baking, because I love to bake and finding recipes that tasted good when I could only use tapioca and buckwheat was so challenging. And yeah. I was just, I was chatting with Maggie a couple weeks ago, and she was telling me that you had just launched a baking subscription bot. I just want to know everything, because I feel
1: like this is the answer to my prayers. <laughs> from my point of view, right, when I'm postpartum, I love me a good Chips Ahoy, you know, cookie from the grocery store, <laughs> and I like to bake, but my baking is, ah, uh, yeah, you're going to go ahead and use three and a half blocks of butter, which, like, <laughs> you know, I've, like... I I was telling my husband, I was like, I can bake, but I can bake with butter. I can't not bake with butter. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I reached out with Courtney, we were talking about what what am I eating after I have this baby? And one of the big things (laughs) that came up was baked goods and treats. I'm so excited to talk about your the Well Baked Box. So tell us, like, where did the idea come from?
2: So again, like COVID had just hit. It was April or May. I wasn't practicing quite yet. I was just doing virtual stuff, but everyone was kind of in this unknown territory. So it's not like people were going out to find a naturopath at that point. So I wasn't very busy and my husband was like temporarily off of work, like again, because of COVID. So uh, we just really... All we did was work out and bake, and we are very he- healthy focused. So more than a million I mean, out here. <laughs> yeah. So we, we are we bake gluten free and dairy free just from a personal choice. We like using almond flour, coconut flour, and coconut oil for like healthier fats and more nutrients in the baked goods. So I was using my Instagram platform as a way to like shine these new recipes that we were creating, and we do keto a lot. So I was like posting them all. And everyone was really, you know, intrigued by all the recipes and asking, like, where do I find almond flour or where do I find monk fruit or tapioca flour? Like you said, like, what is that? Where do I buy that? And why is it so expensive? So we were, we were doing that. And then the more the questions came, we were kind of like, I wish there was a, you know, HelloFresh box for baked goods. Because we started, you know, we wanted new ideas, but we didn't know where to get them. Or we'd try a recipe and they would, like, not work out. So it would take us, like, five tries. We kind of were like why is there like there's no service that kind of gives you desserts or baked goods or snacks that are good for you and we were going out for a walk and we were chatting about it one day and then the seed was kind of planted and my husband's very like creative and so am i so we just worked it out and we just started creating well baked box correct me if i'm if i'm explaining well. it
1: incorrect <laughs> <me>. yeah <laughs> if i say this wrong just because i have ordered Now two boxes were on, like our fifth recipe. Usually while we're recording our podcasts, then my husband makes one of the recipes (laughs) that's then gone by the next day. What when you order, you get to pick from recipes that are available that week and then they're packaged for you with all the ingredients pre-measured, pre-portioned, and separated. And then you get a bag with all your ingredients and then an instruction card. And usually it's like, what, three to four instructions that you have to follow. And then you have these healthy baked goods without having to find almond flour and paying for it. And, you know, like to to have the pantry to bake so healthily, I think would be expensive and would be hard. Right. So am mm-hmm. I am I am I missing
2: anything in that? No, you're right. So well baked Box is a healthy baking service. So we provide you with pre-portioned ingredients, so everything's pre-mixed and measured and ready to go. And all of the recipes are gluten-free, dairy-free, naturally sweetened. And every week we change the recipes, so there's always four options that you can choose for your box. So like you can choose a one recipe box, a two or a three. You can mix and match, and we'll always have like a couple vegan options and two keto options as well.
0: That's so cool. And are you just uh, are you delivering locally then in Guelph for now, or like how far are you like expanding your your reach? You're asking us. Asking as
2: someone from Durham region, I'm like, how do I get a box? East of Toronto.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we are. So
2: we're right now we're Guelph. we just extended to Hamilton, so our Guelph, KW, Cambridge, Hamilton. We only go as far as Rockwood, and then as north as Alora or Fergus. So it's very much west end. That cool. That means you should
1: move here, Kim, just for the weather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're honestly like I, I've been leaning that way, and you're
0: really selling me. <laughs> okay, so yeah. like this is probably a tough question, but would, do you have a favorite that you've included in your boxes so far? Oh my gosh. I have so
2: many favorites. Every week I'm like, this is my new favorite. And then I feel like a <laughs> fraud saying it every week. So we, we create all of our recipes. Sometimes it takes us one try. Sometimes it takes us like three to four tries. I would say my favorite, I'll say my top three, we made a, a healthy Twix bar. Yeah. So again, like the, the base is like an almond flour, coconut flour base and then the caramel, middle, almond butter, maple syrup, and then there's chocolate top. But then we also created these amazing scones. So the lemon blueberry scones are definitely a favorite. And the other favorite we just created was the uh, butter tarts, but they're called not so butter tarts because the middle is not butter. It is maple syrup. Oh, I was gonna make a joke.
1: I was gonna make a joke
2: being like i can't believe it's not butter dairy eggs <laughs> yeah there's, there's, there's sometimes there's eggs like we always include like a non-egg version but there's usually eggs in like one recipe a week oh
1: my god all oh, those sounds so good You so you mentioned that you have a two and a half year old so that's that's right in the toddler zone there right. and if you take a look at courtney's instagram which will we'll link in the show notes for everybody but you'll creep and you'll see on her stories oftentimes that she'll do a meal like she'll do mommy meal and then the toddler meal you know when you've been curating these recipes how's that been with uh (laughs) with a toddler on hand like that's you're also like a new. I guess not a new mom, but a newish mom during a pandemic is always a challenge, right? Yeah, so that a be? new a
2: new mom to a toddler is, is a new mom. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I was gonna
2: say
0: entertaining a two year old is a challenge, <laughs> not in a pandemic. So
2: yeah, because like babies are one reward slash challenge. Like they're hard, you know they're. They do what you I want. Toddlers are defiant. They are so defiant. It's like, can you please do this? <laughs> no. <laughs> so how, I, I mean, she's really good. Like uh, she loves to bake with me and I try to use it as like educational. So we kind of talk about the flour and the almond butter. I mean, I don't know how much she's retaining, but she likes to mix things slash throw them all over the place. We usually do our baking on the, at night. So well, there's lots of late night baking when she's asleep. Or on her nap time I would say actually my husband's more of the baker by the way I will not oh. I'm, I'm the creative one so I design the recipes and take the pictures and make them look really nice but he is the chef and baker in the house so
0: <laughs> I love that a team effort
2: yeah. yeah, it is a very much team
0: effort, so. Did you have any recipes, I guess, you've, you've told us your favorites, but what about the ones that didn't make the cut? Because I know I tried to make <laughs> it, these eggless pancakes <laughs> with coconut flour and not even exaggerating, it was like eating a sandcastle. So, like, I can. <laughs> I can only imagine that there were some some recipes that never made it out of the kitchen.
2: I think we're so determined that we always find a way. But again, like I told you, sometimes it takes like three or four tries. Right. Um, what has okay? So we tried to make lemon bars because a couple people were like, "Can you make a Can you make mm-hmm. a healthy version of these like yummy lemon bars?" That failed so hard. It was so gross. <laughs> um the consistency it looked so pretty and then you bit into it and it was not a nice taste it wasn't a nice consistency like the lemon really did not work that and there was like something else oh we tried we tried to do vegan cheesecake and that's kind of been a tough one but oh yeah that sounds like it would be hard
1: yeah i'm still trying to get cheesecake down pat like from like a traditional Mm -hmm. you know six six of the philly (laughs) philly cream cheese you've got me
0: with my restrictions who can't
1: have cashews so there are, <laughs>
0: that, there goes half the dairy-free cheeses oh my gosh yeah that's tough
2: so yeah. we should so like a new a new thing is we've been trying to do nut-free recipes so one one a week if you can do the math so it's like we try to do one or two vegan recipes one to two keto recipes a week and then at least one nut freeze it can be a lot of planning yeah. but definitely because you know there are people who are nut-free or I try to stay away from certain that because sensitivity testing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I work yeah. with those patients I want to be accommodating to them
1: it can't get any more accommodating than like yeah here's this vegan <laughs> keto nut free recipe <laughs> you know yeah that's incredible this is
0: exactly what I needed when I was going through <laughs> that detox and was like I can't eat anything and nothing tastes good
1: <laughs> I think that's yeah so like what has what have you found challenging outside of you know recipe development like it takes a couple tries but like you said you're persistent and usually you can figure it out but what's been hard outside of the actual baking and recipe development side of things I mean I
2: have no idea how to run a business half the time so (laughs) like my husband and I were always just like what are we what do we do like first of all how to create a business was a whole hurdle how to create a website was another hurdle you know the marketing the financial side of it you know managing our time because I work full-time and so does he and then we have WellBaked and then we have another business and our toddler. I think just learning new things when you're so busy is, is a lot. But it's also rewarding because like when you accomplish something, you're like, oh, wow, you know, you can really do it if yeah, you want to do it.
1: I think you're really preaching to the choir. Kim and I are both freelancers. Kim's been freelancing for, what, th- three and a half years now, Kim? Yeah, almost four years. But I was just thinking that. that I was like, that I'm was, so like, impressed great. that you
0: work full time and have figured out how to run a business and raise a toddler, because I'm just trying to do one of those things. And I still don't know what I'm doing most
1: days. <laughs> I mean, like, if anything is going to make some people, like, take a look at how they've approached the pandemic, it's going to be listening to this, like, success story of... <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I
2: mean, it involves lots of wine at the end of the day. And a, I mean... <laughs> (laughs) Just like lots of eating bacon, which is yeah, honestly, a dream business.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and I can really see this. Like, I wish the Well Bake Box was a thing when we were you know when I was living in a house with like five other girls and just eating the most unhealthy everything all the time because that would have been so fun to subscribe with a bunch of friends so anybody out there who's living with roommates or you know with a family so like everyone what a fun (laughs) easy quick way to have healthy treats in your life right like I love that yeah Yeah. you know it's just so so easy and
0: like I think like especially living on your own and stuff one thing that I think about a lot is just you know having to buy a huge bag of almond flour just because i want to make this one thing and being able to have things just portioned out and exactly you know what i what i need for that recipe is such a great way of doing
2: it and if it doesn't work which like you like you said you, you try that pancake recipe and then it tastes like <laughs> pain castles, and then you're kind of you're discouraged you're like i'm not doing this again yeah we'll let you yeah, do exactly. all the hard work and
1: we'll just i literally <laughs> I'm so excited when, you know, we don't see anybody, but once in a while, I'll, like, bring a very small sliver of one of my baked goods, and I'm like, here, you can try this. It's really good, but it's mine. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we will link everything that you need to know about the well-baked box and courtney's instagram instagram is just um, at courtney jade health oh that's super easy we'll link that in for everybody and courtney we just wanted to thank you for coming on here to chat with us it was really fun and and i hoped everybody gets gets their bake on yes thank yeah, you thanks so much for having me okay. thank you
2: thank you for including
1: me i'm obsessed with courtney okay. i that was i'm so happy that she agreed to be on on the show and and i hope everybody gets their gets their well baked box in this week
0: yeah and i know i am i'm so excited for for her
1: to send me some of those recipes and you know what it's so funny because so we're now entering into the philomath segment boom so today we're actually going to be talking about molasses and a tragedy involving molasses so do you know what molasses is like can you get technical
0: i mean it's dark brown and sticky and it pours really slow and you use it in baked goods gingerbread
1: very good thank you (laughs) so basically yes it's a dark syrup byproduct and it's made during the extraction of sugars from sugar cane and sugar beets your molasses if you're coming from only sugar cane or sugar beets there's other types but this is specifically the molasses that we know and love. And when you're making sugar, you're boiling kind of like a syrup and sugars will crystallize and they'll precipitate out. This is like chemistry. I'm, I, I really want to get into the technicality of this, but I was like, oh, I don't. I can't imagine many of Yeah, you're,
0: you're going far more technical and I'm like, it's brown and sticky. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs>
1: Depending on how off, how you can boil that syrup multiple times to try to get as much sugar out of it. But then obviously the molasses is less sweet. Like you said, it's slow that it's like a super popular phrase that I feel like all grade two teachers used when it's like you're being slow like molasses <laughs> and, <laughs> and it actually directly translates like perfectly into the main focus of the segment I want to set the scene January 15th, 1919 Boston, Massachusetts nope <laughs> <laughs> M- M- Massa- e. <laughs> we're going to have to get at least one stop laughing at me massachusetts boston's north end okay a giant tank of molasses bursts open releasing more than 2.5 million gallons sorry 2.5 million million gallons of molasses and it literally burst out pouring a tsunami wave and reaching speeds are you ready for this 56 kilometers an hour the initial wind. oh my god that
0: is like not even remotely slow like molasses no it's
1: not and it's really scary and and actually you know you kind of laugh about it you know the great molasses flood of boston 1919 you're like oh that's so stupid but like, no, it's, it's like horrifying it's sad and scary right so 21 people were killed more than 150 were injured Horses were trapped, buildings were crushed, and, like, the worst part of it... Buildings were crushed? Buildings were crushed. By molasses. By molasses, okay? (laughs) And the worst part of it is that the smell lingered for years. And so if you haven't smelt molasses before, I was, like, trying to figure out... Like, I tried to explain it, but then I was like, let's see what people on the internet have to say. Oh, yeah, that's the best place to go for (laughs) answers. You haven't smelt it. Or those of you who have, see if this lines up with your memory of the scent so it's quite sweet but it almost has like a sour earthy smoky even sulfury kind of tinge to it an entire bloody north end of a city smelling like this that's disgusting like that's and what a weird thing to keep in your memory. if you lose someone to molasses and then you have to smell it for years to come like that's awful can you imagine people's tombstones being like (laughs) Yeah, it's utilize. funny, but it's not funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not funny. But like, I just imagine How did, you Be- beloved grandmother baked with molasses. Yeah. and it was, <laughs> was the it
1: think. was her end. <laughs> I was trying to think of a clip, used molasses funny.
0: until her very end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so at the time they there was an investigation because this was like a huge deal. There weren't that many people at Boston in nineteen. 19- well, oh there were, but not compared to like now. It literally produced twenty thousand conflicting testimonies. So you have like experts you have laymen you have workers you have all these different people of boston coming forward recent investigations kind of can tell us obviously a little bit better about what's happened there were several like fundamental problems to the 2.5 million gallon capacity tank the first thing that the steel walls of this tank were, were like different thicknesses in different areas they were too thin next the rivets the parts that are holding it together right the holes in which the rivets would go into they weren't built properly and they couldn't handle the stress that specific tank was filled 29 times but only four of those refills were even like close to the capacity and then the final like deadly fill happened two days beforehand at that point the tank was holding enough molasses to fill 3.5 olympic sized swimming pools oh my god this is this is like the when when i was reading about it it's it's like an ethical thing not even like a scientific like oh it was the crystallization of the you know this or that whatever no it's just purely gets down to ethics so this tank had cracks in it like kids of boston would go up to the you know they would take little cups and they would go and get some molasses because it was dripping from various cracks already okay <laughs> so when their mom was like go to the store i ran out of molasses <laughs> yeah, these kids were running to there. like the giant vat of yeah. molasses this that like was a leaking 50 foot 50 foot i, I looked up 50 feet in meters is not as like some things in between um well we have the met who has the metric system what are what is that called again like we have the what are our two systems the imperial and the metric system they use metric uh hold on (laughs) (laughs) the imperial
0: system is what they use in the u.s it's like inches yards miles feet and metric is what what uh pretty much the rest of the world uses except for i'm pretty sure the uk uses miles to measure distance losers
1: anyways so the tank (laughs) was basically like 50 feet and it's so funny because like in the metric system some things sound bigger and then talk about us numbers right because this happened in boston so all the reports are in the imperial system and so yeah the the tank was about 50 feet which is only like 15 meters which doesn't feel as aggressive as like 50 feet but anyways so there was cracks in it kids were filling up their cups and they had never tested it with water which is i guess how they tested or how they test maybe i don't know giant vats like that is they fill it with water and then they're like find the water (laughs) it's already water leaking the like obvious structural flaws were then ignored and then the steel had two little manganese which basically messed with the transition temperature so with below a certain temperature something would happen to the steel and above a certain temperature when the tsunami like when the tank finally gave way it was literally the, the steel supports were, were torn what like adds insult to injury is that once all that that molasses was out it got cold <laughs> because this is boston oh my God. this is the northeast and then people were like literally trapped in molasses well i'm just thinking like let alone
0: like the day that this happens how do you even begin to clean that up i
1: don't know I uh, like no. millions of tons of molasses that's just the paper towel like what is so use? many cookies shovels i don't know but anyways and so like i was looking up at first glance the slowest molasses people you know there was like reports on the internet of it ironically being used in correlation with this event but actually it goes back further so you have the first appearance of like slow as molasses in 1840 and like between 1840 and 1870 the original saying was slow as molasses in January because if you leave molasses at room temperature slash make it colder it gets a lot harder and uh, and it moves at really slow right like yeah and then when you heat it up it moves a little bit faster doesn't originate from this great flood the flood is like this painful irony that you know very much proved this silly little statement (laughs) incorrectly you know now i feel like when i hear it i'm gonna cringe a little bit and be like those those poor people man boston like get your the reason why molasses was so big and that they were illegally you know not giving a shit about this is a whole other story maybe one day we'll get into like the uses of molasses outside of gingerbread cookies because they will surely shock you i already know capitalism is to blame (laughs) and war (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that concludes the philomath segment which does tie in perfectly with the well-baked box and and courtney dr courtney which is so cool that she's dr courtney it's incredible (laughs) that was so
0: interesting i did not know that about boston and their sad history of
1: molasses yeah yeah, so we want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at at what's podcast. <laughs>
0: A-T-W-H-I-T-S-E-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And let us know what you thought about this week's episode. Make sure to follow along with Courtney as well, because she posts a lot of her amazing recipes on her Instagram page, too.
1: Yeah, and get baked. <laughs> Recording. Bye! <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye. (laughs)